Uh, today I have a very special treat for you. My friend, Pastor Terry Allen, has driven all the way from Mount Juliet, right? Lebanon. Le Lebanon. How do you, Le not Lebanon, Lebanon. Lebanon. Yeah, that's it. Lebanon, Tennessee, just this side of Nashville. Pastor Terry, uh, I first got to know him as the district youth director uh, for the Assemblies of God of Tennessee. And uh, he served in that position from 2001 through 2011 and did a fantastic job leading the youth department that even today continues to thrive because of the investment that he made uh, during his tenure there. And then he worked with uh, Calcutta, I'm not going to say it right, uh, ministries, uh, leading teams and raising support for ministry that, would, that took place in Calcutta, India. And now he leads a, a ministry called MVP Leader Group. He founded it in 2019. And the purpose of that ministry is to encourage and to honor and to connect uh, ministry leaders around the country. And I'm thankful to be a part of that organization with Pastor Terry. He has served as an influencer in my life, as an encourager. And I just honor you today, Pastor Terry. Lifehouse, can we honor Pastor Terry Allen as he comes to bring the word? Thank you. Give it up for your pastor and his wife and his family today. Come on. Hallelujah. Now, the first service, I stood up here for about 10 minutes, kind of chatting and doing my thing. And uh, I kept waiting on Thor here to. Stop playing. But I quickly figured out that he's been trained not to quit until he says quit. So would you please tell him he can quit? No, man. Thank you. Everybody give it up for your worship letter, man. He's an awesome job. Awesome job. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, preach a message to you today. Uh, it's entitled Synced Up and Linked Up. And it's really a, a message about prayer and encouragement for the body of Christ, for leadership, uh, not only leadership for your pastor or, or uh, encouragement for him, but also between volunteers. How many of y'all volunteer for anything in this church? Just raise your hand. You're part of the volunteer team. Awesome. This message is for you. This message is for those of you who have yet to volunteer. Uh, because they want you to volunteer at some point in this church. Can I get a big amen from all the volunteers? No one likes to do it alone. No one wants to do it alone, and we can't do it alone. Uh, but I, before I start, I want, I want to give special honor to your pastor and his wife and the leadership team of this church, uh, maybe the people who work behind the scenes. You can't, you can't build a church like what you're in today and what you're seeing happen in Oak Ridge, that doesn't just happen, y'all. It doesn't just happen. You have to have leadership. You have to have strong leadership, and you have to have sharp leadership. And I'm gonna tell you something. I, I snuck in here. What, what, what day was that, man? Y'all, y'all were all in jerseys or something. Yeah, that's right. I got to wear my jersey, didn't I? Uh, my baseball jersey. Me and Drew had baseball jerseys on that day. But I snuck in here in September. I was blown away by the energy, by the power of the spirit that was moving in here, by the growth of this church, 
I couldn't hardly find a parking spot out there. Uh, and you got to understand something. In 1989, I moved to Knoxville. It was my very first full-time ministry position. I had worked for uh, five years for my dad part-time. But this was number one, first time out of the shoot for full-time. And back then, the word on the street was, this is a Baptist town. We can't build a, a good site. We can't build a great church in a Baptist town. The Assemblies of God doesn't, we, you know, it can't, it can't happen. It won't happen. This is, that was the permeating thought, right? Well, I'm here to tell you, y'all stand in testimony that that was a bunch of garbage. Because this church, you think it's big now. You think it's big now. And you can call this prophesy or whatever you want to call it. But if you stay on the same trajectory where you're listening to God and you're working in ministry and you're following leadership the way you should, you won't be able to put the people in this building in about three to five years. In fact, you ain't going to have three years. You ain't got three years, brother. Because the growth that I'm seeing here is nothing short of phenomenal. And don't ever let people try to confine you between their four walls. Let the Holy Spirit move you out and cause you to do things that are extraordinary and uncommon. Because that's the God we serve. Can I get an amen? That's the God we serve. Turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 18. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18 through 20 is where we're going to be focused today. I'm going to say something, and it's going to sound very elementary as Christ followers. But I'm going to say it anyway because we need to be reminded of it. Every believer stands in need of prayer and encouragement. Every believer, no matter if they serve in a leadership position or if they've just got saved this morning in worship service. Every believer stands in need of prayer and encouragement. You say, well, why do I need people praying for me? I feel weird when people praying for me. I pray for other people, but I don't necessarily. Let me tell you something. We all need prayer and encouragement. And the reason is the second you gave your life to Christ, whether if it was five seconds ago or if it was 50 years ago, the enemy put a bullseye on your back and said, I am targeting you. I will steal everything from you that I can. I will kill everything that's good in your life. And I will destroy you personally and spiritually because you have named the name of Christ. The word of God says that the enemy of our soul walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Let me ask you who he seeks first. He seeks the people who lead the body of Christ first. But he's not just concerned with the pastors and the preachers and the ministry leaders. That's what we've set this ministry up to work with. He's concerned with the guy who just gave his life to the Lord last week. Because if he can kill you when you're young in the Lord, he can keep you from reaching the destiny that God has for your life. I've seen it over and over and over and over and over. If I was to give you a testimony of my first year in full-time ministry in this town, I could prove everything that I'm saying. 
There were things that happened in that church that could have easily put me out of the ministry if I had not handled them correctly. So don't mistake. This message is for everybody. It doesn't matter if you're a preacher, the pastor, or you're the new convert. We've got to lead in the power of the Spirit, but we've got to be praying and encouraging each other. Let's look at the scripture, Ephesians 6, 18 through 20. It says, pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. And Paul said, pray for me too. Ask God to give me the right words so I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan for the good news is for the Jews and Gentiles alike. I am in chains now, still preaching this message as God's ambassador. So pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. This is a letter written to the church in Ephesus by the Apostle Paul, who is confined in a Roman jail, and he's in, as he describes, chains. I would like to take this message in simplicity in the words that Paul spoke to that Ephesus church. I would also like some liberty today to say in modern terms what I think he was saying to that church. But I would also like to take on the voice of every volunteer, every leader, every pastor, if you will, that serves on staff here or pastors around America or leaders and volunteers in the body of Christ today. And I would like to say some things that maybe we haven't had the platform or the guts or whatever to say to each other sometimes as we've worked for God. Is that all right? Can I do that for you? I'm saying nothing in regurgitation that anything that this man has said to me. So if I step on your toes, just consider it's the Holy Ghost stepping on your toes. No volunteer has come to me and said, hey, pastor, would you please, would you please say something about this right here? Because they on my last nerve. <laughs> Nobody's come to me. Nobody got me in the parking lot. Nobody, I, I didn't have a bad experience coming in here. I'm not mad at anybody. I'm telling you, I believe this is a word from God for us in this room. I believe it was a word from God for the church in Ephesus, but I believe in a right now word for us today. How about you? God wants to speak to us today. Let's look at what he said. Paul said this. He said, pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Here's the thing that I think he was saying. I believe he was saying, turn up the intensity. Turn up the intensity. Uh, I begin to think of the upper room. The upper room, 120 people gathered in the upper room to pray and wait on the power of the Holy Spirit. They had absolutely no idea what they were waiting on. They didn't have the benefit of television. They didn't have the benefit of seeing mighty revivals that we've seen uh, historically chronicled through the years. They had nothing to look at. They had nothing to reference. They had no Azusa Street. They had no Pensacola. They had no nothing. All they had was a word to go sit in an upper room, y'all get together. I don't even think they were given any real direction as to what to do in the upper room. If it had been like some of the meetings I've been to, we all just looked around and said, who's got the food, man? What are we doing here? Anybody? They were in the upper room, but the Holy Spirit, once the Holy Spirit came down in that room, things changed. 
I think they were in an upper room or they were in an enclosed room and they were glad to be in an enclosed room because they were on fire with God and what Jesus has done in their life. But in the streets, it was danger. It was dangerous to be a Christian. They had watched the Savior be crucified on the cross. Everybody scattered. Everybody ran. But when they got into the upper room, the 120 in the upper room, and the Holy Spirit came down, all of a sudden what was a power-packed room became sp it spilled out into the streets of the city. And the power of the Spirit came down, and it intensified or amplified, if you will, the voice of the people in the room. All of a sudden, the apostle Peter changed in a second from being the guy who denied Christ three times to all of a sudden, he's like, give me a stump, boys, and give me a Bible. And all of a sudden, he began to preach to the crowd. The power in the room spilled out into the street. And I'm here to tell you that if we're going to accomplish the will and the destiny of God that he has placed on our life, we are going to have to have a power that's beyond human intellect and human power and human strength and the things that we can muster up as flesh and blood human beings. You can't watch enough videos on YouTube to get fired up to do what God is calling you to do. You can't watch enough of these athletes pop their chest and say, I am, I am, whatever. And I'm an athlete. I, I know I'm an, I don't look like an athlete, but I am an athlete. I just don't run real fast no more. We need the power of the Spirit. And I think that's why he said we're going to have to turn up the intensity. It's going to take every available resource at our disposal to see complete and total victory. He, I believe he was saying, I need partners who will do their best. Not mediocre work. Not less than work. But excellent best work. I need people who will fight the good fight of faith. And I think volunteers around you are wanting to say that to all of you today. We need people around us who will fight hard and fight the fight of faith and be excellent in what we're doing. Praying in the Spirit allows God to take out strongholds and adversity in a higher realm than we can see or understand. So pray in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit, I believe, sets up divine intersections in your life. It will put you in the right place at the right time with the right people to do the right work. Praying in the Spirit denies the enemy access to your prayers. So then they can become more effective. Your prayers can become more effective. I personally believe that when we pray in the Spirit, that the Spirit swings the sword of the Spirit or the Word of God over all of the rulers of darkness that are coming at us and trying to take us down. We can't see them, but they are there. You ever felt like darkness was in the room coming to attack you? I'm telling you, you don't have to sit there powerless. You can begin to pray in the Holy Spirit, and all of a sudden, something can cut through that darkness like a knife, and it's the power of the Spirit of an Almighty God. I've walked the streets of Calcutta. I've walked in Calcutta where you literally walk by what I would consider a bazaar or a fair. Everything that's being sold in this little fair area, this bazaar area, you walk down the aisle and you, you have shops on your left, you have shops on your right. It's like I'm walking down this aisle. This whole aisle leads to a place. It leads to a temple called the Kali Temple. 
Kali is what the whole city of Calcutta, India is named after. Kali is the goddess of death and destruction. They serve the goddess of death and destruction not because of the good things that she has done for them, but they serve the goddess of death and destruction out of fear and dread and a morbid mentality of what's going to happen to them if they don't. And if you want to talk about a dark area, you walk that little street with me. You'll see things hanging from the top of these little booths. I looked at them the first time and had no idea what I was looking at. Everything sold in that area has to do with idol worship that they take to the temple or they throw in the Kaligat area of the, of the river, the Hooghly River, which they consider to be a god. Everything in there is to, is to, is to give to a god. Well, one of the things that blew me away one day is I saw this snow white looking stuff hanging. It looked like a little broom hanging or cotton candy. It looked like cotton candy that hadn't been, hadn't been spun or didn't have any flavor with it. You know, it's just white sugar. I said, what in the world is that? They said, that's hair. People give up their hair. They bleach it out. It turns to this white looking stuff. They take that. They dip that in blood and they smear it different places. I could take you by the front of that Kali temple where more than one day, with more than one team, we've seen them take animals outside of the temple, slit their throats. You literally had to walk over blood in the street to get down the road. And they lined up for, for blocks to get into the Kali temple to simply kill an animal, spread its blood on the wall, let it fall down into a trough, and come back out into the street because they're scared. Let me tell you something. There are things and there are places and there are things going on in your life outside of you that are trying to destroy everything that you are. There is a dark world that's at play. And the enemy does not fight fair. And if you think you can handle ministry, whether you're a volunteer or whether you're a pastor of a church, if you think you can handle ministry without the power of the Holy Spirit, you are sadly mistaken. You need a power that is beyond you and beyond me and beyond getting fired up. It's a power that can only be given by the God Almighty that we serve. <laughs> only he could turn the people around that were in the upper room. That's why I think Paul said it. You're going to have to have it. If you're in bed, in the car, walking into work, pray in the Spirit. If you feel strong, undefeated, and powerful, pray in the Spirit. If you feel weak, attacked, defeated, limited, or insecure, pray in the Spirit. If you feel threatened, wounded, abandoned, pray in the Spirit. If you feel depressed, sad, forgotten, held down, held back, or abused, pray in the Spirit. As you work under your breath, in a proper way, quote the word, pray in the spirit. If you're at a celebration, a funeral, a baby dedication, in the hospital, in the funeral home, at a sporting event, by yourself in a dark midnight hour, at all times and on every occasion, we can pray in the spirit. You say, I ain't never prayed in the Holy Spirit at no ball game. Well, let me tell you something, you ain't never had your kid knocked out on the field. Am I right? My mama, she had like that Michigan, she had that machine gun prayer. If things got rough with my mama, it was Jesus. She could say Jesus 50 times before you could say it once. But we don't have to 
We don't have to rely on ourselves. We can pray in the spirit. Everybody say, pray in the spirit. At all times, friends. Number two, he said, stay alert. Stay alert. He said, I think what he's saying is don't get taken out in your sleep today. Stay spiritually focused on Jesus and on guard against the enemy. Don't be an easy out. Don't be like a little league ball player who gets his name called for the first time, comes out of the dugout, scared to death, don't know how to wear his uniform, much less hit the ball. Right? Got, walks up there, got the bat on his shoulder. In fact, the, fact the bat's hanging. You ever seen them where the bat's hanging down at the ground? They're scared to death, man. They don't want to go up there. First of all, they're afraid the pitcher's going to hit them in the left ear. Am I right? That's the way sometimes we are in the body of Christ. We can't be an easy out. Come ready. Be ready. Be ready for whatever's going to happen. Be ready. I remember one time I was in high school. I, used to, I did used to play 4A baseball. And I was a new kid in town. I don't know why I'm telling this story because I didn't do any of this first service. I was a new kid in town. This boy thought he was going to try to scare me. He said, let me tell you something. When we get out there in summer ball, he said, I'm a, I'm a, he's a pitcher. He said, I'm going to hit you right in the head. I looked at him. I said, okay. I said, I'm going to tell you what. You hit me in the head, I'm going to come out there with a baseball bat and knock you off that mound. You know what? He didn't throw at me all summer. Because I was straight with him. I was being real. I'll come out there and knock you out, boy. Sometimes we just got to be ready. The enemy comes to steal, kill, destroy, tries to threaten you, try to make you do things, and try to get your life. So don't be, don't be, don't be asleep. Stay alert. Number three, be persistent. I believe he's saying pray the right things, do the right things as many times as it takes to win. Everybody say this with me. Ask. Say it loud. Ask. Seek. Knock. A little louder. Ask. Seek. Knock. One more time. Ask. Seek. Knock. That's persistence. That's what the word teaches us to be, is be persistent. I will keep on praying the right things even though I do not hear God today. I will keep on doing the right things because I know that's what the word teaches me to do. Even though it doesn't feel like I'm affirmed or it doesn't feel like anything, I'm just going to keep on doing the right things. And I will keep on doing it as many times as I have to do it to win the battle that's in front of me today. Some days you don't want to turn the lights on in the church. Some days you don't want to clean the babies up in the nursery. Some days you don't want to sing in the praise team. Some days you got to preach messages to sick people when you're sick, sicker than they are. Have you ever preached when you were feeling bad? Have you ever led when you were feeling bad? Sometimes you got to play the game hurt. Sometimes you got to be willing to go out there and limp a little bit and get the job done. Not always gonna feel like the Holy Ghost is in fire form every time you're playing this piano and singing. Sometimes you're gonna be up here singing these same songs today that it felt like it was electric out here, and you're gonna be feel like you're trying to move rocks. I begin to think about all the people on this stage today and all the things that in my ministry I've done. Uh, I've never played the piano and sang, but I've I've led worship for years. Uh, I I play a saxophone. When I said yes to Jesus, that's what I said, thought I was saying yes to. 
I will play a saxophone and sing for the rest of my life. That was when I was a junior in high school. I did what this man does for years and would be completely happy doing it today. Uh, my first instrument on the stage was, was uh, drums. Uh, I played the bass. I've sang in the worship team. I've led at the worship team. I've pastored a church. But you know what my first full-time job in the ministry was? I cleaned a day, I cleaned a 10,000 square foot daycare center every night from about 7 o'clock until whenever in the morning. I worked at night while everybody else slept. So I'm qualified to talk about what I'm talking about here. You think I felt like emptying the trash at that daycare? No. No. Do you think every, I remember one time I was so stupid, I ran a marathon. I said, I'm, I was a youth pastor at the same time, too. I got in front of my kids one time and said, we're going we're gonna to run a marathon for Speed the Light and Missions. I had no idea what that was going to take. I had only run 10 miles before. How many of you know 10 miles and 26.2 is a whole different game? I had no idea. I about killed myself on that Saturday before having to get up in church on Sunday morning. I literally, well, I, I started off running five miles. I had to walk 21.2. <laughs> and when I walked in my garage in Cordova, working for Randall McCarty, this is how I walked in. It was Saturday, y'all. Do you think Randall McCarty wanted any less out of me on Sunday morning? I was walking like this. I was like, God, forgive me. I knew not what I did. I thought I was going to, my back literally hurt for years because of that moment of stupidity. All I'm saying, sometimes you've got to walk in there limping. And I remember we had the longest altar services on the planet. On the planet. It was church. It was worship. It was sermon. It was pre, and then it was marathon altar. I literally had to sit on the piano for two hours with an aching rear end. But we got it done. Sometimes you just got to be persistent. You've got to stay after it. You've got to keep on going until the pain goes away. And you've got to be faithful. Everybody say, be faithful. A river cuts through rock, Jim Watkins said, not because of its power, but because of its persistence. We need some Holy Spirit-filled, persistent people in leadership of churches. Can I get an amen? Your people next to you, they don't want to have to wonder whether you're going to show up on your day. Ooh, am I preaching now? Number four, I'm going to move on before I get stoned. For all believers everywhere, he said. I believe what he was saying there to us in this room and saying to that church is it's not all about you. It's not all about you. We've got to keep a global perspective. We've got to keep a humble attitude. The thing that will destroy churches quicker than anything is a me attitude. It's more about me than it is about you. I want my way versus the church's or the God's way. Pastor, I know you wanted this, but I felt led to do this. Uh-uh. Stop that. That ain't the way it goes. The Holy Spirit downloads to the pastor. The pastor downloads to a board. The board and the leaders of the church download it to the body, and we follow Jesus Christ as the pastor leads us, right? 
Can I get an amen? We, that meism stuff will destroy you. Will destroy you. But if we stay in sync with the Holy Spirit and we stay linked up with each other, it works. And we understand it's not all about us. It's not all about me. It's not all about my message. It's not all about MVP. We're not the only ministry on the planet helping pastors and ministry leaders stay in the game. We're doing our part, but we're not the only one. John 3.16 still says, for God so loved the world. <laughs> that means we got to be focused on the inside, but we've also got to be focused on the outside of this church. God loves and is interested in as many people, if not more, that are out there in the streets right now that have passed this building up while we've been in here singing than he is about us. It's not either or, it's both and. Let this church always be about believers everywhere. Fifth thing he said was pray for me too. Paul, the strong one, the killer before he got saved. This guy was not weak. He was not weak. He had a strong personality. He was looking for a fight half the time. Even as a Christian. He said, pray for me too. Here's what I think he was saying. I'm strong, but I'm not invincible. I'm strong, but I'm not invincible. I'm not under the anointing all the time. I'm flesh and blood doing my best to follow Christ. I'm working in this nursery, and I'm doing my best but sometimes these kids get on my nerves. Amen. Hey, I'm just mad. <laughs> that was some loud amens. I get it. I get it. We're not under the anointing all the time. See, here's, here's what happens in church. We want to hold other people accountable to a higher standard than we hold to ourselves. Pastor, you can't have a down day because you're the pastor. You can't say no. Because you're the pastor. You've got to come running when I pick up the phone. Because you're the pastor. You don't deserve to sleep. I need to talk to you at 2 a.m. Because you're the pastor. Are y'all kidding? If you think we're always under the anointing, those of us who are in leadership in a church, whether volunteer, if you think we're always under the anointing, Speaking in tongues and ready for your phone call and ready for your beck and call. Let me tell you, you are delusional. <laughs> You're delusional. I told him first service, the last, if you think when I walk out of here after preaching two services, getting up at 4 a.m. this morning, coming here, <clears throat> doing this, because I love this. I'm here because I love it, by the way. I'm here because Jesus called me to it. So this is no sowing sour grapes. But if you think I'm ready to go out this door and start writing the next sermon out there in the car before I leave, you're crazy. I told him, I want to go home and watch Clint Eastwood kill somebody. <laughs> Take it out on the devil while I watch it on TV. Make my day, sucker. That's what I mean. Ooh. When you look at Jesus in the garden, he asked the disciples to pray with him. Well, did that make him weak? I don't think so. Jesus was fully God and fully man at the same time. What you see in small forms at times is you see the human side of Jesus, the fully man side of Jesus. He got frustrated with the disciples, right? Could you not? Come on, y'all. One hour? I'm about to go to the cross. Can I get a little help here? 
They're sleeping. He's frustrated, right? I submit to you that when you see Jesus bleeding on the cross, that was the human side of Jesus. The God side made him get up there. The human side is what bled down the wood. This thing is spirit and body, y'all. Jesus is the only, guy, only person that ever walked this earth that was fully God and fully man at the same time and that knew no sin. Jesus had no sin. He committed no sin. When he sweat drops of blood in the garden because he's under such stress, that was not sin. That was not spiritual weakness. Spiritual weakness has nothing to do with physical weakness. Some of those powerful men you will ever meet in your life or ladies can be very ill. Yet they can be the greatest prayer warriors that you have ever known in your life. You can be flat of your back and you can still be doing kingdom work. I submit to you, you can be paralyzed and still do kingdom work. As long as your mouth can work and as long as you can think and intercede before Jesus. He said, pray for me too. Next thing he said, pray for the right words. I believe he's saying, I don't always say it just right, but I want to. I don't think I've ever sat down from a message that, and felt like I did everything just right. Man. And you won't ever do ministry where you walk away and go, man, I killed it today. You're going to walk away most days going, I did okay, but, but I, I, I can do better next time. Anybody, and give me a wave if you know what I'm talking about, y'all. Pray for me. I need, I need help. I, I don't always say it just right. Cut me some slack, I think is what he's saying. Hey, give me some grace too. Don't hold me to an unrealistic standard. Do unto me as you would have me do unto you. If you want me to be here for you as a volunteer, you be here for me as a volunteer. If you want me to be here as your pastor, then you be here for me as volunteers. I'm going to tell you something. You take volunteers, you take the number of the volunteers and the people in ministry of this church, there's an equation that's out there. But it's directly related to how many people are working in volunteers as to how fast your church is going to grow. If you ask this man to preach every Sunday and you don't work with him, this church will not grow. If you ask volunteers to do their thing and you don't do your thing up here right, this church will not grow. But when you get the pulpit synced up with the Holy Spirit and you get the volunteer base synced up with the Holy Spirit and doing what they're called to do, all of a sudden you have a church that cannot not grow. It will grow. And that's what you're experiencing here. Pray for boldness. He said, I believe fear and doubt creep at my door just as much as it does yours. I need confidence. It's, it can be sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do on a Sunday morning by recognizing someone that needs a pat on the back. And go over to them and say, I'm with you. You might be having a little rough day, rough week. I'm going to tell you something. You're going to make it because I'm going to be here with you. Maybe you had some fear. Maybe you had some doubt this week. We, don't, that's, we know what the word says. God does not give us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. But we don't always need that quoted to us in our ears every time in a, in a, in a way that makes us feel bad, right? We know that. Just sometimes we fear. Anybody feared anything this week? Come on, raise your hand. Be honest. Anybody had any doubts this week? <laughs> Fear and doubt, I believe, creeped at his door too because it creeps at every believer's door. 
Like, God, why aren't you moving? I don't know why you're not moving. How come you're not answering me right now? I asked, I sought. No, I haven't knocked yet, but I've asked and sought. You know, we just, we have, we have, we have fears and we have doubts sometimes. Pray for boldness. Here's the last thing, or the next thing he said, I'm in chains. There are going to be times as volunteers, as leaders, as pastors, where it's a different season for you. It's a different season for you than it was last year or the year before or 10 years ago or 20 years ago. When he met me, I was a district youth director. I had a lot more energy than I do now. It was seven weeks. Kristen, your pastor's wife, used to be on my camp staff. Seven weeks that would take you to the brink of death in working with teenagers to run camps all summer long. Anybody ever been to youth camp? Y'all enjoyed it because y'all got to go home. We didn't get to go home. We enjoyed it too. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. But I'm telling you, it will wear you out. If you think I want that job today, you are out of your mind. That thing would kill me and leave me in the dirt. It's like a seven-week lock-in. No, I'm not. Then I went from that to Calcutta, where I took 24 trips to India. Anybody ever here been to India? You've been to India? You know what I'm talking about. You need to give me the biggest amen in the world when I talk about India. Because I'm going to tell you, it is so god-awful long of a flight to India. You can't watch enough movies on flights to India. You can watch everything that's on the screen, and you wake up, and it's only, you got 10 hours left to go to get to India. Like, I haven't watched every movie on this whole flight. Am I right? You, anybody ever know what jet lag is? Times 10, you go to India. Times 10. You can't stay awake when you want to be awake. If you think I, I got the energy to pull that off right now 24 times, no. It's a different season. For Paul, it was a different season. You got, we have his map in our back of our Bibles. He went here, he went here, he went here, he went here. He was, man, he was everywhere. He was killing it for the cause of Christ. But now he's in chains and he's stuck in a jail. And I think what he was saying is, listen, it's a different season for me, but I'm still alive, baby. I need you to pray for me. I need you to lift me up. I'm in chains. I'm restricted in the flesh. My circumstances have changed. I'm tired. I need you to help lift the weight of ministry with me. Not off of me, but with me. Volunteers, if I got a witness in this room, you need people who will help lift with you. You're not looking to slough your responsibility. You're just looking to have a little help while you're doing it. That's what we're looking for. Change today, but I can still be effective. Pastors all around this country are willing to lay it on the line. People in this church are willing to lay it on the line every week, every day, as long as it takes, just like we've been talking about. But it's real hard to do that when you feel like you're doing it by yourself. So don't let people do it by themselves. Number nine, he said, I'm still preaching this message. Now here's what I think he was saying. I will not quit. I will not quit. Don't forget, I was called to this thing. Don't forget, I volunteered for this thing. I surrendered and gave up everything back in the day, willingly to be a part of this gospel. And I will not quit quit on this message of Jesus Christ until we get this kind of an attitude in a church we'll be short term short term leaders short term effective
But if we go every day, hey, it doesn't have to go perfect for me today in the nursery. It doesn't have to go perfect for me in the youth group today. It doesn't have to go perfect for me in worship today on the team. It doesn't have to be all roses and rainbows for me today. I will not quit. Because this thing that we're doing is so important. I will not quit. Maybe I'm in jail today. Maybe I have chains on me today. Maybe I can't get out in the streets and preach like I once did, like yesterday. But today, I can do something in this jail cell to make a difference with my life. So here's what I want you to do, boys. Get me some paper and get me some pens and get me some things that I need to study with and write with. And I tell you what, if you won't quit on me, I'll sit in this jail cell and I'll write three quarters of the New Testament all the way and in powerful form in the spirit all the way until they'll be preaching about me in 2024 in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. That's the power of being synced up. That's the power of being linked up. I'm synced up with God, but I'm linked up with the body of Christ. Everybody stand with me this morning. I'm synced up. Everybody raise your hands. Raise your hands to the Lord today. Father, we want none of our own agenda. Our, our agenda means nothing if it's not your agenda. You said seek first the kingdom of God and you'd add all these things unto us. Everything we have on our body, everything we have in the way of provision, everything that we have will come to us if we'll just do your will, Lord. Whatever we need to be effective, you said if we'll sync up with you, it'll happen. It'll be there. So, Lord, our hands are in the air today. Here's what I want you to do, church. I just want you to simply talk to Jesus and say, God, I'm available for you. Whatever you want to say to me, whatever you want to do through me, I'm here. I'm, this, this is me and you. I'm synced up with you, Holy Spirit. I want to be in the right place. I want to be there at the right time. I want to be with the right people. So give me divine intersections in my life, Lord. I believe I'm here because it's a divine intersection, Jesus. I believe I'm here for a reason. You've given me a purpose. Our purpose is you, Jesus. Our leadership is you, Holy Spirit. If you've prayed that prayer, I want you to do a second thing with me today. This may seem a little strange. You may have never done it like this before, but we're, we're just... We're trying to set a visual for what we're doing. Sometimes ministry is not mystical. Sometimes ministry is flesh and blood doing hard things and hard work together. So here's what I want you to do. As many as possibly can. Come here, Pastor. We're going to model it for you. This is how I want you to come to the altar today. I want you to stuff in here as tight as you can get here. But I want you to come to the altar just like this right here. Linked up. So come on. Those of you... Link up. Don't come to the altar by yourself, but link up. We're synced up, but we're linked up. 
We're synced up and we're linked up. We're synced up and we're linked up. I'm not as good as I am with these two guys beside me. Come here, Sebastian. Can you play that thing with one hand? They're off. I knew he could. Thor can do anything. I'm not as good if I don't have these guys around me. Here's the principle. If I took the if I took this man right here, who you seem to be the tallest and the biggest dude in the elder, that's the only reason I'm pulling you out right here. I'm a little scared. I'm five foot two, okay? But if I took him and he was in this line and he's connected with each of you just like this right here, if I hit him as hard as I could, he would move at least a little bit. The people connected closer to him would move as well. If I, if I push you, the three of y'all move right there, right? It don't matter who it is. You're going to move when he moves because you're connected. The problem in the body of Christ we have is we don't have the relational strength between each other in doing ministry with each other. Sometimes we're doing it in our minds all by ourselves. We don't even know the names of the people that are doing it with us. We got to change that, y'all. We got to change that. My ministry is totally uh, uh, connected to his ministry. Is he? If he's strong, I'm strong. If you're strong, we're strong. If you have a bad day, we have a bad day. If you have a great day, then we all have a great day. I might not make the tackle every time the ball's run my way. It might be you. But the next time, you might be on the ground, and I have to make the tackle. But together, we win as a team. This right here is the body of Christ being united to do the work of the ministry. This is what the Word of God teaches us that we have to be like. This, it can get a little uncomfortable. It can get a little crowded. It can get, because if, if you're having it bad, I'm having it bad. If you decide to go berserk with your life, it, it affects me. If you decide to give up, it affects me. I'm saying this stuff with passion today because I know of people who used to be leaders in your church, this church, who are no longer serving God. And they slow down the kingdom when you quit. It slows down the growth of a body when you quit. When you have a bad day or you do something stupid, I've seen the day I thought we would never, ever be talking about it, Pastor Drew, where pastors are committing suicide around this country. If you would have told me that in 1982, when I graduated high school, I would have said it's impossible. I would have said they never, they never should have been in the ministry. They wasn't right. I would have taken some stupid, aloof mindset like that. But I'm here to tell you, I've not only seen pastors that have committed suicide, I've seen Pastors of pastors commit suicide. People who have led and taught pastors in universities. This is a real issue, y'all. This is not games we're playing. The people on your right and your left, they bleed. They bleed. That's why you got to pray for them. That's why you got to reach out to them. That's why we got to encourage each other. That's why we got to get vocal with each other. That's why we got to show up when we don't feel like showing up for each other. That's why we don't miss church very often unless we're really sick. Because there are people that are counting on us in the body of Christ. Are you with me today? 
let's finish today and I'm going to give it to him. I want you to, let's pray. I want to pray for you, but I want you to pray on the people, for the people on your right and your left right now. In fact, look at them. If you don't know their name, ask them their name and I want you to pray for them. Let's pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this church. I bless this church. I ask that you will infuse it with strength and power and Holy Spirit. Uh, dynamic, a dynamic move of the Holy Spirit. Let it fall on this church. Let this message be somewhat of a little spark in our minds to sync up more with your Holy Spirit and to link up with our brothers and sisters in Christ, to lift each other up when we're down, not give up on each other give grace to each other and hope to each other and love to each other and mercy to each other because we need it ourselves. I pray blessing, I pray power, and I pray for your will to be done in this church. I pray for pastor, I pray for Kristen where she's teaching right now. Everybody stretch your hands towards your pastor today. This is your leader. This is your leader. The Holy Spirit uses this man to be your spiritual leader. He's not God, but he is used by God to lead us as a church. Father, I thank you for the role of a pastor. I thank you for Pastor Drew. I pray for strength for him, clarity of thought for him, the power of the Holy Spirit for him, Kristen, and their family. Lift them up. Lord, we make a commitment to help lift their arms in prayer in resources, whatever they need, God, to stay in the game, let MVP be a part of helping that to happen. We as a church, let's make that commitment as well. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Because we want to serve you well, Lord. We want to lead well. We want to do your will, Jesus, in your name.